This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left, covering the final week of the worst tweet tournament. I'm Sam Sachs. I'm Sam Knight. Joined here by intern Nate. Hello. Hello. We are broadcasting out of the hero of the working class and best looking member of DSA, Brandon Hinkey Studios in Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. Right off the bat, let's get to it. We have two excrement eight matchups going on right now. Yep. Championship week here, folks. Championship week. We're going to crown a winner on Friday of the worst tweet tournament. But yes, the excrement eight has begun. Two matches voting live right now. What do we got? Facing off the winners of the Kekistan region, young conservatives, troop football team would dominate the NFL versus the winner of the never Trump region. David from Iraqis chose war for themselves from is running away with it. He is up by a landslide. These are rigged election numbers here. Wow. 74 to 26 wow. right it's now. Big. There's a lot of time left, but big. I got to say, I think the young conservatives uh, run might be coming to an end here just because David Frum is one of the most despicable people on the planet. Yes. And if Frum is able to hold on, he will move on to the fungal four <laughs> where he'll play the winner of another match that's underway right now, the Acela Corridor region champion Ezra Klein against the Shitlib region champion Joy and Reed. What do we got there? Another landslide, though slightly closer. We have Ezra Klein beating Joy and Reed. Right now it is 61 to 39. So Ezra up by more than 20. Wow. So voting is going to last until tomorrow around noon Eastern time, till Tuesday around noon Eastern time. And then voting is going to open up on our other two matches in the excriminate, which includes Kevin Smith's tweet about poning my dick. <laughs> a good tweet. I am standing Shut by up. Shut up. Not, the, not the time for this. Nate. Of the celebrity land region going up against the clown politician region champion Hillary Clinton. Tell us about your college debt in three emojis or less. And then we also have the extremely online champion, the last remaining number one seed in the tournament, Brianna Snarth's alligator baby tweet going up against the highest seed remaining in the tournament, the number seven seed, J.K. Rowling's fascist on both the right and left tweet. Follow at Worst Damn Tweet right now. Participate in Championship Week here, folks. Speaking of Joy Ann Reed, participant in the Worst Tweet Tournament, the incumbent major world leader that she admires most, perhaps, Emmanuel Macron, the dipshit French centrist president, had an all-time bad opinion, perhaps, not quite a tweet, but this was broken via Twitter by Assad Abu Khalil, a Cal State professor, quote, Macron told Mohammed bin Salman, that's of course the uh, crown prince of Saudi Arabia, Macron told Mohammed bin Salman today, you are the embodiment of the French Revolution. I think it was uh, at Norm's Respecter 
on Twitter that said, yeah, because of all the beheadings. <laughs> well, uh, it doesn't sound like he was doing irony uh, because the president's official account posted a photo of the two of them looking at the famous Eugene Delacroix painting of Marianne, who is a symbol of the French Republic. It's basically France's version of Lady Liberty. Uh, so it seems like if this whole thing is true, Macron was 100% serious taking the Thomas Friedman MBS take and uh, fucking turning it into a nuclear weapon of takes. Hmm. I want to get joy out of being vindicated about Macron what a, for what a fucking piece of shit he is, but he just consistently irritates me so much. I will never get the joy of vindication from knowing that I was right about him all along. So that may be what that may be what makes him most fucking annoying. Well, I I have to admit that Joy Ann Reed evidently had a uh, decent take on the situation in Gaza recently. So. Hmm. Who knows? Maybe even she would row back her praise of Macron, who just constantly says and does the dumbest shit. He's making it. He's making francophobia okay again. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Controversial take. You should save it for the hot take contest at our next live show. Yes, our next live show, which is April twentieth, four twenty live show. Best Spend steel, it with the Sam. Steel Bay. <laughs> Spend it with the Sams. Get your tickets, squareup.com slash store slash district sentinel. $42, but they're all inclusive. Spend the weed holiday with the district sentinel. Thanks to our subscribers on Patreon, patreon.com slash district sentinel. Throw a few bucks our way every month. You get bonus content. You also get your own poem, a haiku read on the show, which we're about to do right now. This one is for Oleg. Oleg, a good name. Frontwards as well as backwards when you're named Jello. Thank you, Oleg. This is for Alec. Woe betide those who overlook frozen pizza at the corner store. Thank you, Alec. This is for Notorious MIBG. Tweeting while angry. This is what POTUS does when he's taking a shit. Thank you, Notorious MIBG. Finally, this is for Bernardo. Looking for advice how to make cat and dog's friends need to go viral. Thank you, Bernardo. Still seeking that advice in the house, in the Sentinel newsroom. Thanks again to all our Patreon subscribers. Again, that's patreon.com slash district sentinel. It's Monday, April 9th, 2018. Here's the news. The Trump administration is threatening to respond with military action to a gas attack last Saturday in Syria. A chemical agent, chlorine observers say, was used in an assault on a rebel-held enclave in eastern Ghouta near Damascus. 80 people were killed, according to the Syrian Observatory on Human Rights. The Assad government has been roundly accused of being responsible for the attack. It has denied those claims. So has its key ally, Russia. Here was President Trump today at a cabinet hearing condemning the attack. And you can't tell from just the audio, but sitting directly behind him <laughs> ominously is John Bolton, the newly appointed national security advisor who is insanely horny for war. 
If it's Russia, if it's Syria, if it's Iran, if it's all of them together, we'll figure it out and we'll know the answers quite soon. Yeah, you see Bolton back there doing the coyote, like, ooh, interesting. those countries. It's interesting the way Trump says Russia there. You know, not to sound like a total lib here, but he's, but he's saying it like he used to say China. So I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Take I, that out. I, I don't really get what you're trying to say here, but I don't either. It was, it was a half-baked thought. He just is saying Russia in the way he usually sounds when he's talking about a country he really hates. Body language expert, internate. Body, <laughs> body language expert, internate. So in recent weeks, Trump said we were getting the hell out of Syria despite appointing Bolton. I believe he literally said getting the hell out. That is a direct quote. Yeah. Uh, Trump then walked that back somewhat, saying he wouldn't put a timetable on withdrawal in the counter-ISIS war. And then when asked today at the part of the cabinet meeting open to the press, Trump wouldn't rule out military action and uh, named all three of those countries starting with Russia. So we go from withdrawal to perhaps... Yet another global conflict in a matter of days. As the president told journalists this morning, we should soon know more. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to make a decision on all of uh, that, in particular Syria. We'll be making that decision very quickly, uh, probably by the end of today. But uh, we cannot allow atrocities like that. Without in any way implying that the Syrian government is good or that their denials are in any way credible. Trump's claim that we can't allow atrocities, of course, is complete and utter bullshit. EPA Administrator Scott Pruitt was the subject of a sternly worded letter released on Monday. The acting director of the Office of Government Ethics, David Apol, wrote to the EPA outlining the litany of alleged ethics violations by Mr. Pruitt. The Office of Government Ethics has no power to actually punish anyone. So that's why it writes letters. Uh, this time it urged the EPA's inspector general to investigate the issues and to take action if misconduct is discovered. The letter covered Pruitt's stay at a fancy condo here in D.C. for $50 a night, a condo that belonged to the wife of a lobbyist, a condo that Pruitt was eventually kicked out of. Yeah, Politico reporting that they changed the locks on him. Damn, embarrassing. Uh, Owned. Yeah, uh, that's market rate. The dude had a pretty sweet deal and didn't want to leave until they changed the locks on him. Uh, The letter also covered Pruitt's frequent trips home on the government dime, which raises concerns that the administrator is misusing his position for personal gain. On another issue, the letter doesn't go into specifics, but I'm guessing this has to do with reports that an individual on Pruitt's security detail was reassigned after prohibiting the use of emergency lights to allow Pruitt to get to lay diplomat faster. Anyways, the letter states, quote, it's hard to imagine any action that could more effectively undermine an agency's integrity than punishing employees who strive to ensure compliance. Now, despite all of this, President Trump again defended his EPA administrator over the weekend, tweeting that Pruitt is doing a, quote, great job. I think we need to uh, do some additional reporting here on Scott Pruitt's love of Le Diplomat. It's good. I've been there. It's a pretty good food. It's a pretty good place. The food's pretty good. It is, though, perhaps the douchiest restaurant in all of Washington. The one time that I was there, it was with Sam Sachs yeah. and Rachel Curzius. Yep. And we saw both Jonathan Capehart and yeah. Cal Penn. 
So the good and the bad. Like, I don't know that much about Cal Penn, but I know enough about Jonathan Capehart to determine that that is one douchey-ass restaurant with him hanging out there. Look, Cal Penn, I'm not going to comment on, but any restaurant where celebrities turn up is immediately suspect. Also, Ivanka and Jared go to Le Diplomat. I like their pastry plates. Dude, it is the, mo- <laughs> it is the most gentrifier restaurant possibly in D.C. Elitist. Anyway... I, okay, I have also been there once, and sitting right next to me when I was dining there was Elena Kagan, Supreme Court Justice God Elena damn. Kagan, sitting as close to me as you are right now, Sam Knight, and I tried, what I was trying to do is with my phone, was take a picture of her, <laughs> so I like put it where like it was very discreetly like to the side of my hand, and was just going to take a quick snap but I forgot I had the flash on and the flash started going like right at her and I like took my phone and (laughs) threw it on the fucking ground. That's like I saw Danny Glover at Le Pen Quotidien one time and my friend and I had like a good five (laughs) minutes. That's a good one. We had like a five minute discussion of whether or not I should go up to him and start doing the angels in the outfield uh, arm wave. Did you? No, No. I didn't. Okay. Anyway. I controlled myself. Anyway, just uh, funny that Scott Pruitt Republican from Oklahoma, down to earth, flyover country, whatever, fucking abusing his security detail to get to the worst restaurant in town. Piss down, baby. President Trump has postured himself as a Republican who won't shy from trust busting, but federal regulators look poised to approve one of the largest mergers in the world. According to a report today in the Wall Street Journal, The Justice Department is set to approve a $62.5 billion takeover of Monsanto, the cartoonishly villainous agribusiness corporation that patents genetically modified plants, among other things. Acquiring the Missouri-based company will be German petrochemical and pharmaceutical giant Bayer. The agreement will require some divestment by both companies, according to the news. European antitrust regulators already approved of the deal last month, and Bayer said it hopes the transaction will be completed in the next three months. The proposed deal was first announced in September 2016. It happened about nine months after a similar proposed merger between agribusiness petrochemical giants Dow and DuPont. That deal was finalized in September. When both mergers were still under review, critics noted they would create a duopoly with control of 70% of the entire world's agricultural chemical market. Ginny Thomas, the wife of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, has been shitposting up a storm on Facebook and sharing some pretty vile attacks on the Parkland teens. Hog! <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Mark David jo- Hog! This is like pretty much what she's been posting. Mark Joseph Stern over at Slate first reported on the posts, uh, one of which shows a pile of shoes taken from prisoners at a Nazi concentration camp, along with text that reads, these are the shoes of Jews that gave up their firearms to Hitler. They were led into gas chambers, murdered, and buried in mass graves. Pick up a history book and you realize what happens when you give up freedoms and why we have them. So we have a double whammy here of not only is Ginny Thomas comparing uh, the Parkland teens to Nazis, she's saying the Jews did the Holocaust to themselves. So some pretty vile shit here. Uh, she's also shared a post accusing Parkland teens of being controlled by billionaire front groups and another calling David Hogg a, quote, special kind of stupid. This one used a picture of the dude at the end of Big Lebowski, which I think is a feature of like pretty much every conservative meme you know, the mustachio cowboy guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. This isn't the first time Ginny Thomas's political views have come under scrutiny. 
Watchdog groups have been concerned with her right-wing activism for years, and some of her activities, for example, lobbying directly against Obamacare, have prompted calls for her husband, Clarence Thomas, to recuse himself from cases before the Supreme Court. And more recently, Jenny Thomas also lobbied for President Trump's Muslim ban. Yes. Which the Supreme Court, of course, has also ruled on. People were calling her, people were calling on Thomas possibly to recuse himself from that, too. Finally today, remember that time when the FCC Commissioner I.G. Pai conspired with the right-wing Daily Caller to spread disinformation about the repeal of net neutrality? Remember they made a dumb-as-hell video with I.G. Pai running around with a lightsaber and dancing and shit? I believe one Benny Johnson may have been involved. Probably. There was, there was some Pizzagate woman in that video, too, I think. Yeah, anyway, the FCC doesn't want to talk about it, and they're denying journalists any records about the incident. Muckrock filed a FOIA request for any records related to the production of that video, and although the FCC said it found two pages of emails with the Daily Caller about the video, they won't be releasing those pages under B-5 exemption, which is supposed to preserve the deliberative process while crafting policy. Not sure how trying to make a viral video with a right-wing news outlet has anything to do with crafting policy, but hell, I'd be embarrassed too if I appeared in that shit. Also, the video got taken down shortly after it was up because of the unauthorized use of the Harlem Shake song. <laughs> so, good thing nothing like that's ever happened to us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is the newscast for today. Before we go, we're going to check out the old listener rant line. You know, I called in a little while ago uh, with a discrepancy that I had about your show, and being that you guys haven't really done anything about it, I figured that I'd call in again. Um, Sam, you, you, you continually harass and demean to internate. It, it's getting to be a problem. I'm honestly thinking that you might want to reevaluate the way you treat him. I mean, honestly, you start the show with, like, having a problem with the fact that he ate a peanut butter egg, I think you're just fucking jealous that you didn't have a Reese peanut butter egg. If it's such a problem for him to eat right before the show, why don't you go out of your way and fucking make him a good old meal? If he's hungry, you know what I mean? Eat 30 minutes before the show. Like, is it really a burden to you that he's eating a snack, a, a light chocolatey snack? I, I, It's ridiculous. So, you know what, Sam? You, you gotta make a change, dude. It's getting absurd. Okay, bye. Look, I don't know how to convince the caller that the way I treat Nate during the show is completely warranted based on Nate's behavior before and after the record button is hit on the show. For example, today, I had to deal with Nate trying to induce vomiting. This is totally an Sitting right next to me. I was trying to not remove- going to the bathroom. Not just sitting right next to me, trying to induce vomiting. I was trying to. And remove then finally, when he a gets up, apple skin he spills that was water all over the floor and doesn't clean it up. I, I cleaned it up. Some of it I used evaporation to clean up, but I did clean it up. <laughs> and, and, it, and there was an apple skin stuck in the back of my throat. Like I'm just gonna say, that Nate is incredibly deserves irritating everything. to happen. Nate deserves everything. Hey Sam. Hey Sam. Hey, uh, uh, what's what's your face? Uh, my sister calls <laughs> Seltzer Water Club Soda. Should I fucking disown her for that? I'm leaning toward yes. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know what the fucking difference is. I think is. there's a difference between Club Soda and Seltzer Water. I I might be wrong on that. Do you know the difference? No, 
but I know there is one. I probably, think Clemson prob- has some kind of flavoring in it that makes it taste different. Probably not worth disowning your girlfriend over, but uh, I'm not going to tell you what to do. Oh, sister? I thought he said girlfriend. Okay. Deal. It was sister, Don't do right? either. Nate, can I? Yeah. <laughs> either way. It's not a big deal, though. Either way, don't. Yeah. Hey, guys. It's Dan, and uh, I'm calling to thank you because um, I recently deactivated my Twitter um, but, you know, I still think about going back sometimes. Um, but all your updates on the worst tweet tournament remind me um, that Twitter is, in fact, terrible. Um, it's full of bad tweets, and I should never go back. So thank you for that service. Thanks. Hey, good to know uh, we're having at least a positive effect on one person out there. If, if the worst tweet tournament can make at least one person's life better, then I consider it a success. Follow the Worst Tweet Tournament at Worst Damn Tweet. Voting is underway right now. Call the rant line, 202-684-6108. Sponsors of the show include the Congressional Dish podcast hosted by Jen Briney. Find it at congressionaldish.com. Another sponsor, levelnews.org. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or tune in by searching for District Sentinel Radio. Give us a review, give us a rating, tell your friends to listen. The newscast returns tomorrow. We're in D.C., so you don't have to be.